Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me once again is Colin Mitchell. How you doing, Bruni? Doing great. Colin, we're we're back you? in the confines of our we're podcast on room. I guess podcast room. We're the only people that use this room. It's on campus at UNT, so we're definitely the only people that use it. Um, we have a loaded episode today, Colin. I love loaded episodes. Loaded episode. And I, I don't just say that just to say that. Because, like, in the past, you know, we've had episodes where we have stuff to talk about. But we have stuff I want to dive into today. Like, I want to take – I want to look at this team in a way that helps our listeners, like, completely understand what this team is and why this team has been struggling in conference play, even though they are now 6-2 and two and at basically the top of the conference. Right. But, I mean – both of us have said we've been on record of saying you know that this team isn't hasn't looked that all that impressive through eight games. So let's get to the bottom of that. This podcast it's going to be a fun one. We are going to look at the UAB Middle Tennessee games. Both or um, UNT split those. Uh, look at some burning questions. Look at Conference USA and what's happening there, and then also look ahead at ODU and Charlotte. So Colin, let's start with the UAB game. Let's get the bad out of the way first. The bad. The, the bad. Let's get the Start bad. Start with the bad okay. news. Um, yeah, UNT and UAB met in at the Super Pit Thursday. Uh, you have the box score for that. Yes. So, so I just want to mention before we uh, bring up this score that you said uh, in the last, pa- last last podcast that you dropped La Tech for only scoring 40 points. That's true. Um, North Texas is very close to that dropping level for Bruni <laughs> since we know where that is at. Um Anyways, the score was uh, 52-49, UAB, obviously. Um, North Texas played a very ugly game and never really got anything going on offense. And it should be noted that it was their first game without Jordan Duffy. Right, right. it was our first game without Jordan Duffy. Um, if you haven't seen the story already, Bruni wrote about how he was the quote-unquote takeover guy. That's true. I did, I did so, write a whole feature so, on him so, just until so he was out. So they, lost, so they lost the game without uh, Jordan Duffy, and it was just a really – ugly game nothing nobody could get anything going on offense and that's kind of just been the story yeah uh i said the stat last night that it's after middle tennessee had it was seven straight games without a 20 point score Mm -hmm. that is a huge 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 streak and that is a streak that i honestly don't see coming to an end yeah uh at least not against old dominion but we'll get to that later uh but that's kind of the story of the uab game is that who was the leading scorer of the uab game um, it, it was, was like a 12. It was Mo with 15. Mo with 15. And he that's went right. five or 13 five from the field. 13. So yeah, and he was the only one that really did anything offensively. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, Ryan had three points. I mean, you had a bunch of guys just not do anything. Yeah. Really. And so when you get, I mean, what they shoot from three that game? Uh, they shot 12 or 37. 12 or 37. That's right. So no, nothing happened in the paint. They weren't. They, they got six free throws. Six points in the paint. Six points in the paint. Or six buckets, I'm sorry. No, six. Okay, you got this wrong on the post-game show, too. It was six made shots inside the arc. Inside the arc. Which is insane to think about. Um, So they had six of those. They had six free throws where they went one one of six. I mean, they literally couldn't do anything inside the paint. UAB was... I mean, UAB did a great job at, like, stopping their ball screens. They did a great job at, I mean, helping, recovering. Mm Mm-hmm. And North Texas kind of just had to settle for threes over and over and over. So 12, th- 12 made threes is really good, but shooting 28%, I think it is, is just abysmal. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, this was obviously a game against a top five team in conference, UAB is. And UAB is, I, I, you gave me this face, that UAB is definitely a top five team. I'm not conference. sure about that. What are they, what's their record right now? have right here they're six and two they are more of a top five team in conference than north texas is right now i yeah i agree so okay so they're let's say top five team in conference they're a good team i want to see how unt came out and played against them they laid an egg pretty much they couldn't get anything in the paint they were pretty unenthused they struggled to get energy and get scoring in bunches uh and so it was really it was hard to watch for a lot of the game and uab Pulled, pulled it out at the end, and North Texas really couldn't get anything uh, going even at the end of the game. Uh, Mo 
had a chance to tie it at the very end, though. Imagine if that would have gone in. Yeah, that play, too, was just at the end. Like, it just, everyone just kind of seemed like mm-hmm. just not on the same page. Yeah. I mean, he still got a clean look off just because, I mean, he kind of just, it was an off balance throw up. But yeah. Almost went in. I was just thinking the whole time, like, they do not deserve to send this game. Yeah, I was thinking, time. I was like, if they hit this, they should have lost this game just like Rice. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I didn't count him out, though, because we saw Rice happen. So. That is the UAB game. That was a that was a um, offensive struggle. Then we go to Middle Tennessee on Saturday, and North Texas jumped out in the first half to a 42 to 19 lead in the first half over Middle Tennessee. And Middle Tennessee entered the game uh, as a good. Str- struggling <laughs> struggling team. They were two and five entering the game in conference. Now they're two and six. They basically don't have anybody from last year of that team that was like top 25 in the country. Yeah. And now they're probably bottom 25 in the country. It's amazing how yeah. that just flips. What a crazy switch. Uh, but, yeah, North Texas came out, put it on them in the first half, 42-19. Ended up pulling away, winning 70-53. to I was most impressed with Ryan Woolridge. I mean, I think he was by far the player of the game. Uh, 14 points, 7 boards, 4 assists, 1 turnover. He kind of did it everything for North Texas. He kind of did everything for North Texas, and um, he set up the shooters over and over and he also dictated the pace really well yeah that's kind of the main thing that i took away from that is that he got the ball and just went and middle tennessee is not good enough to keep him in front and Mm -hmm. also stay on shooters like they had to either collapse on him or stay on shooters and either way someone was scoring yeah every every time they got a rebound or just even passed the ball grant would just constantly tell ryan just to keep running Mm -hmm. and they had no idea what to do yeah uh what was it? You're always you're on the court, so you always hear what Grant says. Yeah, I mean, it was just constant. He Grant the whole entire game wanted them to keep the energy they opened up mm-hmm. the game with, and it, it kind of waned in the second half. Um, obviously, by the fact that Middle Tennessee outscored North Texas in the second half, which yeah. we'll talk about in a second. But he just kept wanting to, them to keep the energy because uh, it's they need to build on something because they, they 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 they're winning games and they're playing with heart, but there's it doesn't feel like there's anything to build on. It's, exactly. it's always like the same thing. Oh, 10 points, 11 points, 13 points, 15 points. Everyone did okay, but you need you need to build on something and get some consistency going on that offensive he, end. And he, I think Grant tried getting that. Yeah. The last time we saw any kind of offensive like explosion was against Rice um, when they put up, I think, over 100. It was 103 yeah, or something three, like yeah. that. And they had three guys score 20. I mean, it's a it's been a far cry from that for the last six games, the last mm-hmm. seven games, whatever it's been. And uh, I think... Grant kind of feels the urgency right now. He kind of feels yeah. the pressure. He wants this team to find a rhythm going on at home, especially. Yeah. I mean, you've played now three games at home in a row, and all three of them were kind of not struggles, but they were kind of just. I mean, yeah, there were struggles. Offensively. I mean, they were definitely struggles. Yeah, yeah. To get to get going consistently offensively, you had stretches where North Texas would be fine, but. They didn't shoot the ball well at all Mm-mm. in any of these three in any of these three games. I have the shooting numbers in front of yeah, me. Yeah, so for UAB, they shot uh, 31%, 18 to 58 overall. Whoa, 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 whoa. 18 to 58 overall? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. From three against middle, they shot 5 of 29. Against UAB, like you said, they shot 12 of 37. And then Rice shot 6 of 25. I mean, that's not good to shoot at home. No, especially like yeah, you're no. expecting when you come home to be able to shoot the ball better and your role players typically play better. But that was not the case at all. So understandably, Grant McClaston is was a, not panicked, but he was kind of urging his team to get forward, get going, push the pace, get open looks. And they got good looks for the most part from three. Um, I mean, he said he liked about 80 percent of the looks that they got from three and they just couldn't hit them at all. So. I have a. <laughs> I mentioned the burning questions that'll be coming later, but I, there's a, a deep dive as far as the shooting goes that I wanted to look at this team. Yeah. Um, in that aspect, but not a great showing against Middle Tennessee in the second half, especially like yeah. you said, getting outscored. But the first half, I saw some things I liked. I saw some things I liked, but again, it's building on something and continuing something. But it, it's kind of it kind of stopped before it even started. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they came out with that energy. They came out being aggressive. They came out wanting to score on the inside as opposed to just kind of swinging the ball around the perimeter. Yeah. And then that kind of just stopped in the second half once they had that comfortable lead and then middle was hanging with them in yeah. terms of, like, you know, scoring back and forth. Yeah. 
Rose scored 14 points in the first half on, uh, I mean, what did he shoot? 4 of 8. It's so crazy. No, no, no. Didn't he? In the first half. Oh, God. This box score is all <laughs> messed up. I'm not even going to look at that. Uh, but, no, Rose scores 14 points in the first half, and the second half scores 2. And it's just kind of like, with Duffy out, this team needs Rose to be good. We've talked about that yes. before. Like, if Rose does not shoot the ball well and Duffy is not in the game, they really don't have a hard. They really have a hard time scoring with any consistency because Mo Ryan are all kind of erratic at times. They mm-hmm. have to have things like open up to them in a way. Yeah, and so Duffy and Rose can kind of put pressure on the defense in that way. But if they're not scoring, then this offense just kind of stalls in a lot of ways. So, um, I think that's all I had on the uh, North Texas middle game. I mean, it was kind of. A, I mean, it's a win, right? It's a win's a win. It's a win. You're you're six and two now in a league where everybody's losing to everybody. A win's a win. <sighs> yeah, a win so, is a win. I mean, Middle Tennessee beat UTSA last week, so we'll, North Texas will take it. Um, now, the majority of this podcast I want to spend on the burning questions. Five burning questions. Tantalizing um, topics, one yeah. might say. Okay. No. We're not calling him tantalizing. I said it as a joke, Colin, all right? Yeah, he said this at the game. He says, I have some tantalizing topics I want to talk about on the <laughs> podcast just, tomorrow. I was, and I was just like, oh. saying it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, no, I have five burning questions. I want to spend the majority of the podcast on this before we get into uh, anything else. Because I feel like these questions and how we answer them kind of tell a lot about this team uh, as far as moving forward in this conference. Play. Okay. So we'll start with the first one. And these are kind of overarching themes. They're not just specific to one game, two games, three games. Right. But Ryan Ward's last, shoot, I don't even know how many games, he has not been able to shoot threes at all, pretty much. We saw against UTSA, they were literally playing inside the paint on him. Middle Tennessee, it was kind of similar, but their defense was not as crisp at all. And UAB, same thing. UAB Mm -hmm. was collapsing on him, the paint held him three points. So my question is, how much okay no is the ceiling for this team considerably lower the keyword here is considerably lower so not just obviously it'll be lower but right is the ceiling for this team considerably lower if ryan warridge cannot hit the occasional three yes considerably lower yes so if he was able to shoot threes this team would be miles better. well i think we've seen it because i mean against uab you had six or sorry that's free throw percentage where is inside shooting well, anyways, we said six buckets on the inside. Yeah, they had six and, points. And, they had six inside, buckets the inside, inside the yard. Inside the yard. There you go. That's that's a that's a. I'm trying. What's the word? Factor cause. That's because they're able to yeah, crowd f- the paint, mm-hmm. crowd the crowd inside the arc. They're sagging off at the free throw line. You have no lanes to to drive into, and it's just like. It's it just it's very hard to score when you just have three guys just surrounding the painted area. All right, but here's my question. This team, their starting lineup has Ryan Woolridge, right, non-shooter, um, Jordan Duffy if he's healthy or Mo, whoever, both shooters. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have two shooters around. Shooter. Ryan. Uh, Rose shooter, Mike shooter, Zach non-shooter. So and, and Zach can hit a mid-range jumper too. So yeah, that's fine. So you have three shooters on the court, and you have Zach who can roll to the rim, pop out. He can do other stuff. Why is the spacing for this team struggling when you have three shooters on the court at most times? Because I think Ryan has the ball in his hand so much, and it, it, that's requir- I feel like it's a requirement for this team. It is. Like, Rose has the ball in his hand. He's always looking for that shot, and it, most of the time it ends in an ill-advised drive or a, just a three-pointer. Mm-hmm. And then Mo, he can't really drive, so he just kind of hangs around the perimeter and yes. swings the ball. So I think Ryan is necess- Ryan has to have the ball in his hand for this offense to be good. And when they ha- he has the ball in his hand and they're able to sag off, it just gets rid of tons of opportunities. The thing is, okay, yes, I, I agree with what you're saying in that aspect. I just don't know if the difference... For this team to be good, even if Ryan could shoot, I would say Ryan has to get into the paint. Right, but I feel like that that becomes a factor once he hits it. Like, if he hits a three, it opens up... A lane for him to to like it keeps the defense mm-hmm. honest. Yes, they, it makes they don't so sag off. So yeah, he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's a so if he hits a three, defense has to guard him at the perimeter. It gives him an opportunity to try to get past his man. He can score on the inside, and more opportunities for that. Yes. Okay, I I completely understand what you're saying. The 
thing I'm trying to understand is how much better would this team be if he could shoot? So you're saying this offense just goes to a whole nother level? I think because I think I think it's it's more so this team needs and I'm inside not saying scoring. He can shoot, okay, yes. I'm not saying he can shoot forty percent. I'm not saying right. he's DJ Draper. I'm but saying just keep the defense honest. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, he's thirty percent. Yeah, or I mean he's shooting thirty percent right now. But you know, an actual like Jordan Duffy, right? 30%. No, yeah, I, I do I do think it does because we've seen. Mo can shoot, but he can't drive really mm-hmm. inside the paint. And we've seen what that does. He's he has a guy on him all the time, but he can't drive. And there's no inside scoring. The the offense still is kind of stagnant. So I think you need that inside scoring, and that can only happen if Ryan doesn't have a guy, two guys at the free throw line, just waiting for him to try to drive in the paint. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying. I'm trying to figure out how much spacing this team needs for this inside scoring to happen. You have three shooters on the court for the most part. Zach Simmons' post-up game was good, and now it's kind of like struggling. Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, the last three games, Zach has not been able to really like do anything in the post, which is weird and bad. So this team needs Zach Simmons to score like in the post. Yeah, like, they need absolutely. him to get at least three post-up buckets mm-hmm. in the whole game, um, and then he'll get other buckets off you know dump offs and stuff. But they need him to at least force help, force the double team. Force looks for other people like that. So when he's not doing that, you have shooters on the court, but then Ryan is kind of has the whole burden to get to the paint, and he can't do it. But if he could shoot, you're saying that if he could shoot, it would at least make the guys step up on him significantly right. more. Yeah. And so open up the paint, and so then he would be able to do more. Yes. I feel like I feel like – and maybe it's not all this. I just feel like inside scoring is so important for this team because everyone right now just kind of camps out by Rose and Mo at the edge mm-hmm. because they know that Rose right now so far hasn't been able to score on the inside or draw any free throws. Yeah. Mo, we already know, doesn't really drive in the paint. And then mm-hmm. Ryan, they just have to just guard him at the free throw line. And they, and then that gives them more opportunities to guard Zach yeah. on a double team. And then they can just kick it out to... Yeah, I'll agree with you. Um, I'm going to agree with you that it would make them substantially better. I just think it was interesting. It was something I wrote down yesterday. It was the first question I wrote down yesterday mm-hmm. during the game because I'm watching this team and I'm just like, why is this team not being able to consistently score against Middle Tennessee? And at times I look at Ryan's man and it's just hard for me to envision that if Ryan was able to shoot that this team wouldn't, the offense wouldn't just open up completely. Yeah, no, this. I completely agree. So. That's going to be interesting to see next year if he can at least hit open threes. This year, I really thought he was going to be able to at least hit more consistently open threes, but the last few games he's just been I feel like it's just awful. a confidence thing because we've seen him hit threes before. Yeah. I mean, we have, but we haven't. I mean, it's all been in practice, though, for the most part. Right, and that's what I'm saying. I think it's more of a confidence thing than it is a ability thing. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So okay. Let's get to the next question. All right, next question. Uh. Should Jemiah Simmons play all of the backup five minutes, backup center minutes? Interesting question. What are you thinking? Because, okay, here's why I asked this question. I wrote this question also down last night. Okay. Tope looked terrible. Yes. Uh, Jemiah is obviously undersized, but he is a, probably a better rebounder than Tope. I'm not going to say he's a better defender because he doesn't have that size or strength that Tope has, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's a lot that he does well. If he could hit a three... Jemiah, if Jemiah could hit a three, this wouldn't even be a question in my opinion. But, <laughs> but it is. So he can't hit a three. So yeah. that's why this is a question. What do you What do you think? Should Jemiah take all of Tope's minutes at the back of five? Every time I see Tope come in, I kind of cringe a little bit. So and and that's more so because I feel like every time Tope gets the ball, he has. A, I feel like he has a need to try to post up and mm-hmm. try to shoot in the post and it just ends in not good things also his defense is kind of shaky i feel like maya just adds so much more consistency and stability even if he is a little bit shorter mm-hmm. so I, I mean yeah i mean i don't think it's it's kind of just a wash i guess so so okay so you like, don't I, like Tope. i don't think this team gets considerably better if you just throw maya at the maya five, at the five. i think five. the team does similar okay so you're, you're saying no well i'm saying it's, it's not necessary it's not necessary but i mean i'd like to see him more Okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, against Middle Tennessee, like you said, Tope was pretty. I mean, okay, he had two turnovers. He played 13 minutes. He had one rebound. Jemiah played 15 minutes. 
He had seven boards, four offensive rebounds. Obviously, Jemai played better last night. I'm not gonna not gonna only use that as my metric. It's, but it's worth noting that Topi only played 59 seconds against UAB. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. Um, I do, and in those minutes, I liked Jemai at the five against UAB for the most part. So I'm. I just think that. Just give those 13 minutes. Give those Tope minutes to Jemiah. Get Jemiah up to 25 minutes a game, 20, 20 minutes a game, because he'll play the four two still. Yeah, at times. right. Of course. Uh, you need Duffy healthy. You do need so you need Duffy healthy. Uh, I think you can play DJ some more minutes. Maybe even though you don't have the size that you would like at all times, I think bump up DJ's minutes. Bump up Maya's minutes. Just throw Tope to the bench. I like DJ the last two games. Even though he didn't shoot well against middle, yes. he was one of four from three. I think his I think his his defense and his ability to draw charge just kind of do the the dirty work. He did take a couple charges. Yeah, he took two charges against middle. And I think he took one against UAB. Sounds right. Um, I don't know that for sure though. But his his shot will get there. It's not his isn't yeah. his isn't a, he he'll go one of four and then he could hit the next three. So I'm not I'm not necessarily worried about that. Um, but he I shot th- yeah he shot one of four against UAB I think and then two of five against middle. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And okay. I'm, and I'm not worried bad. about DJ knocking down threes, um, but I think his defense and his just scrappiness and ability to draw charges and just do things that like his hustle, the hustle plays. Yeah, um, I, I think it's it's a valuable thing to have him on the court. Yeah. So, I bring up DJ obviously because I think him and Maya can get more minutes if Duffy's back uh, and just trim Tope's minutes back. I just don't think Tope he's shooting 39 percent from the field this year. Yeah, that's not. There's. That's not even serviceable. It's not. I mean, offensively, he's not serviceable. Rebounding, I don't think he's better than Jemiah. Uh, defensively, I think he's a little better, but I just don't know if he's worth playing for any minutes, really. Anything over three minutes, I don't think Tope should play because he also fouls a lot. Um, he's not the, uh, not the greatest uh, rim protector. He often fouls when guys go up for shots on him. So I'm going to – I asked this question, and I'm going to say that I think Jemiah should take all of – almost all of his minutes, um, just absorb them mm-hmm. kind of. But he can still play the four. Maya can still play the four, and um, I'd like to see him more at the five. That is my uh, – that's my that's my take on that. Okay. Third question. We argued about this last <laughs> night, Colin. <laughs> I wrote this down. I can't believe you wrote this question I wrote this down, down in post-production and uh, – pre-production. I'm sorry. Pre-production. And it is, is Mike a guard or a forward? Okay. Go ahead. Give, we're on two separate sides here. So you check can check give your the Twitch pitch. chat first. Do we have any questions? No, we have no questions. You can, give, you can give your side first. Okay. So my side is, and I don't know how to explain this effectively, because uh, Bernie was just railing me because I couldn't just do it the way I wanted to, but I know he knows what I mean. Mike Miller is listed as a guard on the North Texas He's roster. Listed as a guard. He is listed as a guard. He plays the forward position. I think everyone understands that you can interchange players at different positions. Yes, you can. But, however, I did think last night on the way driving home, I thought about this because I was like, <laughs> Bernie, Bernie's going to bring this up tomorrow at the pod, and he did. I'm just going to call him a wing player. That's no, what I'm calling no, him. No, no, no. We're not, we're not copping out like this. No. We're Can't cop out? We're not copping okay, out. Okay, well, then he's a guard. He's definitely not a guard, and here's why. <laughs> no, 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 no! You didn't even let me explain myself. You've stopped. Go ahead, continue. I just <laughs> exactly. I don't know how to explain it other exactly. than the fact that he's just a guard. You can't. Why is he a guard? Is it because his height? Is it because his skill set? That's a factor. Is it because it's all, all of the above? He plays so, the forward because he has to. I just don't think that's that's true. He plays. You're telling the, me. He, you're telling me that if Mark was. Good, productive, and good, and healthy, and healthy, and okay. So if Mike played if, the if, three, if Mike played the, th- he'd probably two or three. He'd he'd look, switch in out of that. But if he played the two or three, I wouldn't be saying he's a forward. Right. That's what I'm saying. He plays the four. Right. He guards Mark, four. If, if Mark, he if, does everything as a you, four. If, if just because you guard things as a four does not mean that you are a four. You, you is right. Then is, what the hell does when, it mean? When 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 Rose played the four, is he all of a sudden a no, forward? No, but if you played that for the entire season and started every game at the four and guarded po- guarded power forwards, guarded big guys, I mean, is Maya a center? If he played again, he's probably played like seventy percent of his minutes at like the four, and then the other thirty percent at the five. He's a forward. I'm just gonna throw Ryan at the center. 
Yeah, okay. I'm gonna throw point guards at the, at the Look, center position in all of my Mike 2K Miller, games, Mike and I'm gonna just call him centers. And from if now you on. did, the commentators would be like, "He's at center. He is playing the position. He <laughs> because is playing it's scripted the, in the video points. game. So if I don't know, it doesn't change anything. <laughs> I'm just saying, when a person plays the forward position, the power forward position, he is a power forward. He plays it literally. Oh, probably a hundred percent of his minutes have come at the four. All right, I agree with that. He's a Ford. Okay. I'm going to use the Pistons argument now. Bruce Brown played the four in Miami. Is he a forward there? Now he's a shooting guard and point yes. guard in Detroit? Yes. Positions okay. change. I know they Depending change. Depending on where you put people. I know people. they change. Okay. Graham Kathleen has put we just have We four. just have a different you view can... of positions. No, we don't. He is guarding fours. He's playing the four. I don't care that he's listed as a guard. It's just that's, I don't that's, care that, I don't that's care. arbitrary. But I'm just saying he was recruited as a guard. Okay, that's great. <laughs> I'm just not, I can't even argue with that you. That is great. I can't that's even argue fantastic. with you. I can't even argue with All you. All right. Next question. Oh, also, Lee, tell us tell us what you think. Is Mike please, Miller a forward please. or a guard? Uh, com- comment on And I'm not, and I'm not saying he's not I'm not saying that he can't play forward. I'm just saying he's a guard. I'm saying there's three positions in basketball. Guards, forwards, and centers. Yes. I mean, not counting wings. That's whatever. Guards, forwards, and centers. That's when you but fill out a, an all-star but ballot. It's, that's but, what it, you but it's a positionless out. game, Bruni. Okay, but It's a positionless game. Let us game. know what you think on uh, Twitch or on Twitter or anything like that. Fourth question. I feel like that was a cop-out question. No, it's, I was completely right, and you tripped over yourself trying to... It's because rebut, I don't know how to explain me. myself because I just... He's just a guard. He's just a, he's just just, a guard. Just a he's, guard. Just, he's just a guard. All right, okay. whatever. All right, fourth question. Does this team need a takeover guy to be a top five team? Now, let me preface this by saying we've already seen North Texas beat Louisiana Tech without anyone scoring like 15 points. Well, Tech is not a top five team. They just beat Western. What I'm just you, saying they're fringe. Happened? You moved they're them fringe. down to tier three last week. They're fringe. You moved them down to tier three last okay, week. Okay, but I'm saying Louisiana Tech is a fringe top five team. They're okay. around there. Okay, okay. Um, against UTSA, nobody scored, you know, nobody scored over, I think, like, Nobody scored 20, and they almost beat UTSA. Maybe you could argue they should have if Jackson doesn't travel. Cool. So, I mean, there's two two instances where they've played good teams in Conference USA, didn't have a 20-point score, and are 1-1, one one, could it be a 2-0. Do you think this team needs to have a takeover guy? And by t- takeover guy, I mean a guy who can score 20 when they need Rose to. Rose last year, basically. L- Rose last year. Do they need that to be a top-five team this year? It's a very difficult question. That is tough because contrary to what we had said before, Conference USA might not be as deep as we <laughs> thought. Um, anyways, uh, do they need – I think, man, to match up with these teams talent-wise, I think so. Okay. Because middle – I mean, uh, WKU, although they are not doing that well, they have guys that can take over. Mm-hmm. ODU, same thing. They have guys that can take over. Marshall, same thing. It's they have that guy. UTSA too. Right, and yeah, exactly. And we saw that in that travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they all have guys that can get a bucket when you need a bucket. And North Texas needed one against UAB. Couldn't buy one to save their lives. No. Um, they couldn't score against Middle Tennessee in the second half. Mm-hmm. So I think for this team to be a top five team, they need to have that. I will completely agree with you. I'm going to stick with what we said the last podcast, the last three podcasts. I'm, yes. going to, I'm not going to change up yet. I think that this team is capable of beating top five teams without having a guy put up 20 points. But to be a top five team, I just think they're going to have to have somebody step up, whether that's Duffy, Rose, Mike, um, or Mo, or Ryan. I think probably the leading candidate right now is Ryan. Right? Like, after last night, I think that he's kind of figured out, like, hey, I need to be aggressive. And so I think he's going to try to assert himself a little bit more than uh, than he has. Here you are. Yeah, but... So we're both on the same page that this team We're on the needs... same page, but I don't know if it's Ryan. <laughs> is it... Okay, well, is it Duffy? And um, also, I forgot to mention the update for Duffy... 
Oh, yeah. Quick yeah, update for Duffy. This is kind of in the middle of all of our stuff. That no one's going to find this unless they listen to this whole podcast. But uh, Jordan Duffy is still day-to-day with a hip injury. Coach Grant McCaslin said after the game he hopes that he plays against Old Dominion. He's not 100% sure. He said he's doing some – he's running more. Uh, he's getting back to 100%, but they're not sure if he's going to play um, on either – or he said Old Dominion, but I don't, I'm assuming that includes Charlotte on Saturday as well. Okay. So back to your uh, takeover point. So I don't, I don't know if Ryan is the quote-unquote takeover guy. I think well, he's Duffy's the guy. Quote unquote, the takeover guy. If you read my last feature, <laughs> I did read the last feature, <laughs> but I think it needs to be. See, I don't see. I see. I don't see Ryan. I guess as a okay. What are we talking about here? I think Ryan raises the floor of this team ridiculously high, mm-hmm. but doesn't raise their ceiling. Is yeah. that is that what I'm, that makes get what I'm saying? Yes. That so makes I think sense. I think. He makes this team considerably better where it would be if they didn't have him. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he like if he he can't just, take him to that next right, level. Right, he can't take him to that next level. And I'm not saying that it's just his game. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just he can't it's just shooting wise. Um you you need the Rose. You need Rose that can hit contested shots. Um that's kind of a wild card. And they don't have that. And we kind we saw that with Duffy against uh those away Rice. games. The right yeah, it was Rice. Rice at home. But there was also away games. Uh, yeah, Indiana there, State, there he had a couple yeah. uh, big shots. So we've seen that out of him, but it's not consistent enough. And I feel like it's it's got to be one of those two guys that that are dynamic. They can score in multiple ways. It's not yeah. just you're driving the basket, handling the ball off a screen. Yeah. I, think, I think they have to be able to create their own shot, and I don't think Ryan is that guy. I really think Mike has potential too. I mean, Because Mike gets open shots. He just has Mike, to hit them. I think Mike does have that potential. I mean, I guess we did see that against uh, Rice here. Yeah, yeah he, he hit finish. That, yeah. He can finish around the paint. He can shoot. Um, He just has to be able to hit shots. I mean, just like anybody on this team, they have to be able to hit shots. Uh, Mike. That's fair. That's fair. They just need somebody. (laughs) They just need somebody to score 20. It doesn't have to be the same player over and over. They just need somebody to score 20 points when they play ODU, I think, on Thursday. What do you think this team's ceiling is if they never find that player this season? I think it's in terms of placement. Like, where, how far you think they'll get in the conference tournament, for example? I think they'll enter the conference tournament probably ranked five to seven mm-hmm. because I think they'll drop games to like ODU or and they'll drop a game to like a I don't know they'll, they'll drop some games they shouldn't um, and then in the tournament I can't see them winning past a game in the tournament if they don't have a guy if if they don't have a guy that can score consistently I agree like when the offense stalls out we said it, we've said it before I'm not gonna belabor the point anymore but. When the offense stalls out like they did against Middle Tennessee in a way, they need someone to just put the freaking game away. Like, here, give me the ball, I'm going to go score. Or yeah. give me the ball, I'm going to go create a good shot. And Ryan was really good last night. But like you said, he kind of just got them to that point, And then it kind of just fell apart. Right, So yeah. it, it almost it, it kind of felt unfulfilling when they weren't able to put, like, John out there, like, for the last, like, two minutes. Like, yeah. you know, just all like just they empty the bench. Out. They never yeah. emptied the bench. And they definitely should have against it in Middle Tennessee. So, yeah. uh, last of the burning questions, Colin. This is the biggest one. The big I, one. I, man, I wrote this down in big letters on my pad last night. I was just—is this a loaded question? I was just thinking about it. It's a pretty loaded question. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But it's—I want to get y'all's response too. Let us know what you think on Twitter on all these questions. Um, but Colin, are we sure? This team can shoot. It's an interesting question. Are we sure this team can shoot? I've been asking myself this question a lot. Are we sure this team can shoot? So yeah, I, was, I want you to answer so, first because so, I have a lot of numbers right. in front so, of me. So I was thinking, I was thinking this uh, while I was driving here. This team, all of last season, outside of the CBI, couldn't really shoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, would you agree? Yes. It, Besides you had, Rose. You had Rose, exactly. You had Rose, Duffy was hit or miss a Duffy lot of the time, shoot. mostly miss. <laughs> right. Mike couldn't shoot. Mike couldn't shoot because he shot with his left hand. <laughs> But when you think about it, the outlier is that this team can shoot. I mean, in terms of sample size, right? Yeah. So maybe not. Like maybe this is just they were just hot, and then now they're not, and now they are normally, and now they are what they are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So would you say this team has good shooters, though? I would say that <laughs> I'm still holding on to Rose. Is Mo a good shooter? I think Mo is a good shooter. Is Duffy a good shooter? He's. He's a shooter. I don't know if he's a good shooter. Is Rose a good shooter? 
I'm gonna use up last year's sample size. Yes, he's a good shooter. Okay, you can't <laughs> this season. No, is this Mike season. a good shooter? I think he's still shooting about th- 35. Is he shooting so. 35? Let me see. I have it in front of me. Mike Miller is shooting still 44% from three. Really? Yeah, he's still. It doesn't. It just doesn't feel like that to me. It I doesn't. guess. Okay. Well, when he goes up for a shot, I don't like. I'm not. It's not DJ going up for a shot. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't feel the same. So, do you, is Mike a good shooter? Before you told me his, his three point percentage, I wasn't just say he was a shooter. He can hit a three. I was like, Based I don't f- like when you say shooter. When when you say shooter, you think I mean I think of contested shots, like shots where they're not like in their face, but they can with a hand in the air. Well, they of course, can, they thinking about shot. Clay Thompson and all the yeah, you know, thinking about good shooters. I'm just thinking, of, yeah, and I don't really see Mike as that. Okay. I think Mike hits the open three. Okay, uh, and lastly is DJ Draper a good shooter? Yes. Okay. All right, those are the five shooters on this team. I just wanted to. Let everyone know. We're not counting Mark in this conversation because he's been hurt. And he, he only hit like two threes all he season. He hasn't played, really. Um, so I asked this question because I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, this is like the third game in a row where they haven't been able to shoot. And we did talk about this uh, in the pre- or as before conference where we were asking ourselves, is I think I brought up a stat. They were only averaging like six threes made through however many games, and we had asked, I was like, something or nothing shooting mm-hmm. however many percentage from three and we both said nothing i think yeah we saw, thought this team would come back to its shooting ways and it really has well the thing hasn't. is yeah the thing is they start off conference shooting 12 26 against rice okay so 46 percent that's tremendous um since then they have not shot great uh they shot six of 15 against utep uh which is 40 percent, which is good mm-hmm. uh southern miss was eight of 24 33 percent. that's fine, that's fine. Uh, the only other game above 30% was UAB 12-37, 32, 32%, which is, it's all right. Um, so is this team a good shooting team? I'm going to say right now that this team has shooters, but they're not a good shooting team, okay? And... I went and wrote down a bunch of numbers that I'm going to read off to y'all. <laughs> he did. It's like three pages of numbers. Good Lord. <laughs> okay. So the reason when you when you look at this team's stats, they are shooting 35.5% from three, which is good. It is number two in Conference USA. They have made 8.73s per game, which I think is third, tied for third, somewhere around there. Um, so they're a good shooting team on paper. When you look at their season stats, they're a good shooting team. Because you have, I mean, Mike Miller shooting 44%. Uh, Mo shooting 39%, uh, Jordan Duffy shooting 30%, DJ Draper shooting 48%. You have guys that can shoot. But when you look at it and you take out the three games against Division II schools. Oh, no. I never even thought about this. <laughs> this this team bad? looks very, very, very different. Really? Very different. Nate, all right, let's hear these numbers. So... As I said, on the whole season, they shoot 35.5% from three. That's okay. pretty good. That's, that's really good, actually. I would say that's, that's good. Um, in the three games against Division II schools, they shot 44%, 54%, and 56% from three. And they were 14 makes, 15 makes, and 19 makes. Oh, my. Against Division this II schools. This is not good. <laughs> so then you go into non-conference schedule. They have a they have a good amount of good games. They've Arkansas Pine Bluff twelve twenty four, uh, Indiana State thirteen to thirty two, um, you have Portland eight of twenty. You have some good games in there, but as a whole, you also have games in there like UT Arlington sixteen percent, OU twenty three percent, Maryland Eastern Shore twenty five percent. We forget about those games where they just like still couldn't shoot. Hawaii also twenty six percent. As a whole, in non conference play. They shot 74 of 230, which is 32.2%. That's different. That's not not good. When you look at Conference USA as a whole, I think that would rank among the bottom four, I believe, um, in terms of percentage-wise. So then you get into conference play. And if you include Rice, this team is shooting 62 of 203, which is 30.5%. Oh. That would be, I believe, tied for last in Conference USA. That's not good. If you eliminate Rice from that equation, you just look at the last seven games, this team is shooting 50 of 177 from three, which is 28.3%. So when you take all those numbers into account and you get rid of the Division II schools 
and you look at non-conference and conference play without the Division II schools in it, this team is shooting 30.47% from three, which would be last in Conference USA. Obviously, obviously, I want to preface this because there's probably somebody at home saying, well, every team plays Division II schools. That's true. But North Texas had the, I believe it was second or third worst non-conference schedule in the whole conference. So no, not everyone is playing that easy of a schedule. And still against the easiest schedule, they still shot 32% against teams who were in Division One. So with all that being said, I'm going to say this team can't shoot. But then I have more numbers, Colin. Oh, God. <laughs> it gets better. He stuck his finger in my face right because, there. <laughs> yeah. Because listen to this. Like I said, per, player by player, this team, I think they have some shooters on this team. Mo Gibson, 39.3%. Okay. When you take out his three Division II games, it looks a little different. When you take out his, in his three Division II games, he shot 19 of 28. That is ridiculous. That's really good. When you take those out, he's down to 32% on the year. Under 32%. 31.8 to be exact. Mo Gibson is. So in the other 18 games, he's shooting 38.1.8%. Jordan Duffy, obviously we haven't. I mean, we've kind of been on the record of saying he's streaky. He's all right. He's not a great shooter per se. Um, for the season, Jordan Duffy is averaging thirty point two, which isn't crazy. It's nothing. You take out his div- Division two games, he's shooting twenty eight point six percent from three. DJ Draper, I love DJ Draper. It's not gonna it's not gonna kill him or anything, but you take out his three division two games, he goes from forty seven point eight percent to forty percent from three. Again, it's not D- DJ's DJ's DJ. DJ's still a great yeah. shooter, but he doesn't go from that like he can't miss level to where he's like, Okay, he's a good shooter. So those three guys kinda get demoted a level in, in each of them. Mo goes from I think he's a good shooter to like he can shoot the three. He can shoot him I guess he can shoot a three. Yeah. Duffy goes from okay, I guess he can shoot a three to like he probably Maybe. won't make it. Like, yeah, it's exactly. not a good it's yeah. probably not a good shot. Yeah. DJ goes from the unmiss can't miss guy to a good shooter, a really good shooter. Roosevelt obviously missed those three division two games. He is um shooting thirty one point one percent this season. Not good at all. Um Mike Miller, he didn't his numbers didn't really change when you look at his division two numbers. Uh he's still shooting forty four percent. It's interesting that so, Rose is only thirty one. Th- yeah, I mean he's been terrible the last. Two, yeah, I mean he's like one games. of one o oh of seven from three and then two of ten or something. Yeah, o oh of six and then yours was two uh, of ten and mine was two, two of ten. Yeah, yeah, middle was two of eleven. So yeah, Rose is just not. Let's just take well. those three games away and then just see where he's at. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take the, yeah. I I can always go in and take the bad games away and I can do that. Just look at the division two stores. But yeah, when you look at this team without those three division two games. This team looks very, 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 very different in terms of shooting-wise. So that's why I wanted to look at that. Um, obviously, every team plays a Division II school, one or two Division II schools along the way. But uh, like I said before, this team has one of the worst non-conference schedules in the entire conference. So I don't think it's crazy to eliminate those bad games and look at what they're shooting. So Because um, they're not going to be playing Division II schools anymore, Colin. The schedule will get harder significantly going forward. So, so back to your number one question: If Ryan can hit a three, this kind of just circles back to that whole deal. The thing is, Ryan's shooting thirty, almost thirty-two percent from three, right? Um, right, but on how many attempts? Like twelve, <laughs> uh, almost two a game, which is what I'm expecting. But yeah, so he's. I don't know. Okay. So do you agree with me that this team may have just gotten hot early season and from CBI? The thing is, they didn't even get hot early season. They got hot in those three well, games. Well, I was talking about CBI, like CBI, like CBI, and then those Division Two games. It's just the Division Two games. I'm not even Hawaii. They shot 26 percent. Maryland Eastern Shore 25 percent. Maine 30 percent. Like there's a repeated history of this yeah. team not being able to shoot the ball despite having what we perceive as good shooters. Because Mo Gibson is undoubtedly a better shooter than AJ Lawson. Oh like, yeah, like Mike Miller is undoubtedly a better shooter than um, Alante Holston. Like these aren't questions; these are f- statements yeah, these that are you can complete make. Complete facts, yeah. But why is it that last year's team, even though they shot, I believe, they made three less three pointers per game, but they shot thirty-five point six percent from three last year. 
This year's team is shooting 35.5% from three. So going back to your initial point, scoring the paint for this team is going to be critical moving forward because their three-point shooting isn't as great as we think it is. So this team has to be able, and that's what makes Ryan's driving even more important. Ryan has to shoot 12 times a game. We said it. Mm-hmm. Beginning of the season, we said yeah, Ryan's Ryan got to shoot 12 to 15 yeah. times a game. Yeah. Finally, he shoots 12 times, scores 14 points, has a great game. So, um, yeah, this kind of wraps it back around to the first point. where Full I think, circle. Full circle. Ryan Ward needs to be aggressive because if he's not, this team is going to shoot a lot of threes and they're not going to hit a ton of threes. So, Because they're shooting 30.5%. 30.5% this season when you take out the Division Two games. There you go. And that's that's Bernie's breakdown. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is Bernie's breakdown, breakdown of the three-point shooting. That's... I feel like we need to expand on that. That was just kind of just a bunch of numbers. I expand on it then, Colin. I talked. I got to get some water. I'm drinking some water. Well, I'm just I, I'm, I want to ask you. Go ahead. Was this team ever a good shooting team? Well, the thing is... If you asked me that, if you asked me, if you showed me the numbers entering conference, I would say yes, this team's a good shooting team because they have good shooters. And they still shot 32%, which isn't absolutely horrible in non-conference. Yeah. But, I mean, in conference play to shoot that poorly, even with having a Rice game where you shot 12-26 is just jarring. So... I mean, eight games has pretty much swung me from saying that this team is a good shooting team to that this team is below average. No, this team is an average three-point shooting team. That's what I'll say. Even though they're last in conference? <laughs> last in conference when you don't include Division Two games. I want to make sure everyone knows that. Yeah, that yeah it's, la- it's is, last in conference if you play Division yes. Two. Games. If you don't, if you if you exclude Division Two games, I'm sure if you exclude everybody's Division Two games, it gets a little prettier. But I feel like these games, this kind of highlights the struggles that they've been having from three, specifically. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll write something on it. But maybe. if you listen to the podcast, that you get a get that sneak peek sneak before that VIP kicks in. Exactly. <laughs> Any other questions that you feel like an audience member would have? No, I'll, I might think of some later. No, you can always send us questions on Twitter, though. Or in chat. Or in chat. We stream this podcast. If you follow us on... Uh, Twitch.tv slash Bernie's Breakdown. Twitch.tv slash Bernie's Breakdown. There you go. Uh, we always answer questions when people t- send them in chat, even though it doesn't happen. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's go to Conference USA. Okay. Because I don't know what's happening anymore. Okay, so yesterday I was sitting on the court, minding my own business, taking some photos. And uh, Bernie hits me with these, this rapid succession of text messages. <laughs> Number one being, UTSA trailed by 17 to Old Dominion. Old Dominion, and Keaton Wallace decided to just have himself a game, and hit nine threes and hit the game winner. Game winner in the corner. Beautiful shot. So number one, Juggernaut down. That was my number one team in the power rankings last week. It was. Then minutes later. I get a, another picture, and it's of <laughs> Southern Miss just, I don't even know what the, what word I should Beating use. Beating the brakes. Bludgeoning. Bludgeoning. <laughs> Bludgeoning. Marshall. Bludgeoning Marshall. <laughs> With five minutes left in the second half, Southern Miss was leading 95-44. to 44. Think about that for a second. That's the Southern Miss that North Texas beat earlier this season. This is the Marshall that won Conference USA last season. The tournament, yeah. The final score mean? on that game, by the way, the final score on that game was 101 to 51 Southern Miss. So, yeah, UTSA cam- comes back in the final three minutes to beat Old Dominion. Keaton Wallace hit nine threes. Uh, Southern Miss beat Marshall by 50, 50 points. And that is two days after UTSA beat uh, Charlotte by 45. Yeah. Okay, then the next photo. The last photo succession. This one is not as staggering, but La Tech was beating WKU, which they end up, ended up winning. Uh, I don't have the final 62 score. 62 to 50. 62 to 50. What was Charles Bassey's numbers on that? Because well, I, I think we need to we need to have like a, a segment on this show where it's like the Charles Bassey. Intervention. Yeah, just like Charles Bassey scored 16 points in 29 minutes on 4 or 5 shooting with 8 boards. 
How are you going to give Charles Bassey only five shot attempts? Yeah, it's true. Because, yeah, I mean, you yeah. As a team, they shot 37%. <laughs> and so he was four or five. He was the only one that was efficient on any, by any means. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> There's just some inefficient players on Western. And I'm not sure offensively why they struggle as much as they do, but... So, yeah, that happened. Um, FAU beat FIU. UAB beat Rice by three to stay at the top of the conference. Uh, and UTEP beat Charlotte. Okay, so, um, I, so I wrote down something. Go ahead. And this, this is probably an exaggeration, but I, I just want to use it as a thought experiment. Is North Texas the second best team in conference right now? When you say best team, you're just, like, looking at it abstractly, like... Like in a vacuum? Right, yeah, in a vacuum. No. In terms of the overall product of what they've done this season? <laughs> no. Don't think so? No, because I don't think they're better than UTSA or Old Dominion. Yeah, I don't think they're better than those two teams right now. So the third best team? Mm-hmm. You think UTSA is better? I do. I like UTSA. I say I came on this podcast. That hurts my feelings greatly. I think he's just a San Antonio homer. <laughs> no, that's that's all it is. Antonio that's all it is. <laughs> no. That team I just can, want to let you that know that his parents are UTSA fans. That team <laughs> has nothing to do with the con. You said you weren't going to bring, bring this. Don't bring that up. You said you weren't going to mention this on air, damn it. No, but that UTSA has two takeover guys. And they have other is that, guys who Is that a shoot. thing now on the, on the, on the podcast? Yes. Take, the, takeover. It's now, that's now the a term. term. Takeover. we got to have like a stat. It's like, a, <laughs> it's like an NBA jam where you get like the damn, I don't even know, where you get hot and you just start making everything. Anyways, UTSA has two of those guys. Old Dominion has two of those guys. Everyone else, inconsistent. Marshall, inconsistent. Louisiana Tech, inconsistent. Western, North Texas, UAB. Who am I forgetting? That's it. Those five, inconsistent. And I'm going to go back to see where our power rankings were because we put them in tiers. Yeah, I don't even – I feel like we need to have, like, a set number of teams that can be in each tier because we kind of were just throwing them around. No, you don't need a set number don't of teams. Don't think so? No. Okay, so tier one, what do you have in tier one? Buddy? Right now? Yeah. All right, you want to read your, the old ones off first? I can't even find the old ones. Oh, here we are. Okay. Do it. Mm-hmm. Nope. They got to be here. Oh, well. Um. Yeah. You give yours while I give mine. While I look at my new ones. Yeah, look at your. Give your new ones. Okay, so. Oh, I found them. Okay. Found the old ones. Okay. All right, I believe this was last week's. Yeah, this has to be last week's. Yeah, we re- re- redid redid them. Sorry, last week. Okay, so you had Marshall. No, I yeah. Okay, you had Marshall, Western, ODU, North Texas, La Tech, UTSA. Yes. Keep in mind, the only thing that happened last week for your North Texas was we beat North Texas beat Rice. So yeah, I had Marshall, ODU, Western Kentucky, UTSA, UNT, La Tech. So here we go. Let's write. Let's write some update updated ones. You want you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Let's let's go let's go uh, spot by spot oh, for shoot. both of us. Let's do that. Do you want to start at six? Or do you want to start at one? Let's do one. Start at one. Start at one. Yeah. Okay. So number one for me, ODU. I think that's the easiest. Any, I, mean, I just think that they didn't lose by 50 points, and they aren't the most consistent they, they lost, teaming. though. But they didn't lose by 50 points. <laughs> that's true. And they also haven't been consistently losing like the other teams have been. That's true. They had won four in a row before losing to UTSA. Yeah, on the so, so both Western and Marshall have been very inconsistent. They did five in a row, actually. They won five in a row. So, yeah, ODU's still at the top. They just had a collapse. It happens. <laughs> it does happen. Um... <laughs> uh, I will also go go with Old Dominion, even though UTSA did just beat them. I'm going to go with Old Dominion. Colin, who's your number two? Number two is a tough one because I can, no longer, I can no longer base it off of talent like I have been. Yeah, we actually have some like tangible evidence. Like We have tangible evidence that these, that these teams with talent-rich pools of players talent-rich <laughs> pools of players oh may, may no longer be... Talking to you, Western Kentucky. Yeah, Western. Um, okay, number two. Man, it's tough. So I asked that question earlier because I couldn't think of another team to put in second, and I still think UTSA and North Texas, if they played each other, North Texas would win. Okay. Oh, this hurts. What about UAB? UAB's got good defense. Well, it's UAB's last five games. Click on those. Click on those for me. Here we are. 
UAB's last five games, one, two, three, four, five. So lost to Southern Miss by five. Then they beat UTEP, beat UTSA, beat North Texas, and beat Rice. Beat all the Texas teams. By how um, much to UTEP? UTEP by 13, UTSA by 10, North Texas by three, and Rice by three. So nothing dominant, but That's still. interesting. And their conference record is what? Six and two. Losses to Southern Miss and LaTeX early. That's that's a good that's a good one that's a good one to put there. Uh, okay. Is ODU in a tier of their own? Are yes. they tier one? Yes. They're tier one by yeah, themselves. They're right tier now? one by themselves right now. Wow. Okay. Um, again, you need them takeover guys. Where's the stat? Um, okay. So tier two. Okay, we'll go. I'll 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 humor you. UAB is number two. Okay. Because they did did beat North Texas. I put North Texas at three. UTSA at four. Oh, you're just going to rattle Sorry, off I just it, I forgot that we were doing the other it's thing. It's all right. I'm writing it down. UNT3, um, UTSA4. Marshall drops five spots to number five. Also, I should mention they lost on Thursday as well to Louisiana Tech in overtime. I believe Louisiana Tech. Let me double check that. They lost to somebody in overtime. Yeah, they lost to La Tech 89 to 80 in overtime on Thursday. And they're what now? Six and three, five and three? Five and three, I believe. Five and three. Give me Marshall. Okay, Marshall. Number five. five. Okay. Is that tier two or is there are you including someone that's else? Tier two. Is Western in that's tier, tier two? two? Okay, that's tier two. <laughs> I can't believe I just <laughs> I forgot about Western actually, but <laughs> now like it's I'm, too late. Yeah, now, that's I figured. It's too late. Uh so um, I guess I guess Western is next. Alright. And then Southern Miss. What about Louisiana Tech? Oh, did I not say them already? No? Oh. Okay, then La Tech, then Western. In Tier 3? Yeah. La Tech, Western, Southern Miss, or FIU, Southern Miss, FAU. And then we'll just kind of have it be a wash after that. No, no, no. We need we need these definitive. Who am I missing? Just roll it off. Roll it off. Who'd you say? Western, Southern? Western, Southern, uh, FIU, FAU. Uh, then you have middle, UTEP. UTEP oh, middle, UTEP. And, and Charlotte. Yeah, so how, how, are you, how are you putting those? Just throw them in there. Middle, UTEP. Also, can I know FIU's record before we Also, Rice. Can I, oh, yeah, I forgot Rice. Can, can I see uh, FIU's record? Yeah, 4-4. Four and four. They just lost to FIU yesterday. FAU? Yeah. Uh, lost to FAU. Well, they beat FAU, then lost to FAU. What a wacky schedule. Lost to Marshall. <laughs> Wacky. Beat, uh, beat Western. Lost to old ODU. Beat Charlotte. Lost to UAB. Okay, click on know. Western for me. Oh, Who has Western lost to in conference? They've lost to everybody. This is interesting. This is becoming an interesting topic. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Um, they beat Charlotte. Lost to ODU. Lost to Marshall. Lost to FIU. Beat FAU. Beat Marshall. Beat Southern Miss. Lost to La Tech. Man, do you put Marshall below Western? Or sorry, Western below, farther down. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, uh, okay, yeah. two for me is gonna be UTSA. Dang, I really just went all the way down the list. Huh? I'm sorry about that. Three is <laughs> fudge. Uh, UNT because if they have Duffy, I think they'd beat UAB. UAB four, and that's. That's no stop, Marshall. <laughs> All right, that's tier one for me. Those five. Really? Those five are what, tier what's one. What's your class? I can't separate those. What's five. What's your classification is tier tier one? I, I a tier is when you can clearly separate someone. I think from you someone. can separate ODU from everyone else. I don't think so. Six is gonna be La Tech for me. I think we're pretty similar after the at this point, to be honest. Yeah, Western. What what place is Western at for you? So it's the same. Oh. Now that I look at it, yeah. All right. The only swap we had is I had UTSA at two. You had them at four. I had UAB at four. You had them at two. Is we Western is Western for you tier three right now? Also, my tier two ends at eight. My tier two ends at eight, and then I'd throw FIU FAU. So who who's in tier two for you? La Tech Western Southern. Like, capable, good teams that are inconsistent. Right? I think that's a good I just, I just, I just. Marshall threw... also has been inconsistent, but I feel like they just have... 
they're just they've shown me a little bit more. Yeah, I feel like I feel. See, I had I just accidentally threw Marsh or Western in uh, tier three, so that's that's my fault. But uh, <laughs> you you just asked me. I just said go ahead, and I forgot about about them. But hey, we'll keep them there for this week <laughs> yeah, because they it. lost. They're punished. So yeah, you've been put in purgatory. Um, I saw Marshall in tier one after losing my fifty. What am I doing? That's really bad. Yeah, never mind. UAB <laughs> is tier. <laughs> no, never mind. Marshall's right there. All right. Uh, lastly, let's take a glance at ODU and Charlotte. What are you expecting from these two games? Colin? I think ODU is going to be a very low-scoring game. Okay. Both of these games are on the road. I should mention. Yeah. Um, by low scoring, I think uh, not in the forty, not the forty-nine to fifty-two game, but more like the sixties-ish. Um, because ODU is a defensive team, although they have scores, but I think North Texas is a, does a very good job defending. They just can't get anything going on offense, and I think that trend continues, unless Rose all of a sudden continues his first half of Middle I'm Tennessee. I'm really worried that Duffy's not going to play, and if Duffy doesn't play, if Duffy doesn't play, what do you think? I'm terrified. If yeah, all right, the makeshift, the makeshift. Let's say theoretically, if I was a line maker or an odds maker. With Duffy healthy, I'd say ODU is favored by like one. With o- with Duffy not healthy, I'd say they're favored by like five. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, that's a, it's a big deal. Uh, we'll see. And then they play Charlotte on Saturday, um, also on the road. Charlotte has been probably the worst team in conference, but they've had some close games. That needs to be a win. Oh, it has to, obviously it has to be a win, has but does it have to be a blowout win, Colin? Yes. All right. North Texas needs the blowout win. Yeah, they do. I, it is very I just, important. I just want to get them to win. win. I don't. I don't. Yeah, care but you want they... them to win. But they can win all they want. But when it comes when it comes to to game time in that tournament, you got to be you got to be firing at all cylinders. And right now, this team is not. Yeah, we still got like ten games to go. Okay, plenty of time. <laughs> They're eighteen and three right now. And we haven't really seen it yet. <laughs> uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Boom. Rice, I guess. Rice, first, rice, there, rice. That two-game stretch right there with the back-to-back Arkansas Pine Bluff and then Rice was the peak. Well, New Mexico too. New Mexico was peak. Peak North Texas. Yeah. Um. So you're saying two and zero, one and one, one and one. Dreading the zero and two, but one and one. There's no. What's more likely, two and zero or zero and two? Two and zero or one and two? Or zero and two? Oh. Like, is it more likely they win both the games or lose both the games? Oh man. Who is Charlotte had close games? Oh too. my gosh! Oh my I watched them. Gosh. I have watched them. Terrible. You can't tell me this. You can't tell me I'm. Terrible. This is bad. Terrible. Let's go to the bottom of the standings. <laughs> Charlotte has had close games. They lost by forty UTEP. Lost by forty-five to UTSA. Forty-five. Lost by six to ODU. Forgot about that. Fifteen to La Tech. Oh, they beat La Tech by fifteen. I'm sorry. Uh, lost by three to Southern Miss and beat FAU by five. And lost to FIU. More likely, more likely. They also more lost to Marshall by one. More likely to go 0-2. More likely to go 0-2, Colin says? Yeah. I completely disagree. I think it's more likely they go 2-0. Think so? I think they can beat. I think... I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying... Base, I think we, there's no we, way they lose to Charlotte. When you put the Rice game... We yeah, but we also didn't think that Rice would be having to come to a buzzer. We also didn't think... Charlotte might be worse than Middle Tennessee. Think about that. Think about it. <laughs> There's no way. If this team plays half well, they are gonna beat Charlotte. And if they don't, then I don't care like I looking like an I don't care looking like an idiot. There's just no way that this team plays that poorly. And Duffy should be healthy by that point. I'm just I'm just remembering I'm just remembering recent events and it's 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 lowering my expectations. No. So listen, you got you keep the expectations low so when good Give things me- happen. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I'll stay. I'll say it's. I'll say they go. I'll say they go two and zero. You think they go two and zero? I think they'll split. Look, I'm saying that they're not. They're not going to be favored against ODU, and I don't think they should be. But um, ODU has. They've been one of the inconsistent teams. They, they they're almost. good. They're talented. Yeah, they're good. They're number one in my power rankings for a reason. But I'm just saying they've they've, <laughs> they've the had their share. Breakdown official power rankings. They've had their share of inconsistencies. So we'll see how it goes. If North Texas can shoot the ball well. For once, if they shoot over, if they can shoot thirty-five percent their season average, they win. Can we talk about Rose for just a second? All right, go ahead. Hurry. What do you got on Rose? I think I think Rose Rose is showing flashes of himself again, and I think in a few games he'll put a whole game together and he'll be back. What is back? Twenty-four my panic, points. My panic meter is lowering. Oh boy. 
Mine's going up, meanwhile. Why is yours going up? Because he's been terrible. But we're see- we saw the first half. Flashes, Bernie. Flashes. You see <laughs> flashes of the, of the player he was. And yeah. is. Because he's going to come back. He's going to lead this team. I love Rose. Rose is a great guy, great player. He just has to find himself. And I've been waiting for him to find himself forever. Yeah. But the thing is, he had good games when he first came back. That's why it's confusing. He had good games, and now he's like... It is kind of confusing, but... So, who knows what he's going to do. He could come out and have a great game, but I'm not going to bet on it until he shows me. Because I'm a bad He will. Better. Give me a Rose 20-point game this this coming up. In this stretch? This, this two games? These two games. All right. You heard it here first. All right, Colin. Um, we plug everything. We basically plug everything. Yeah. Just, uh, follow uh, us on Twitch, SoundCloud... Uh, Bruni's Breakdown Podcast. Hit that subscribe button on 24-7 Sports. subscribe button on 24-7. Subscribe. Make sure to have your credit card. Become, become a VAP VIP <laughs> member. Uh, don't tell them that, Colin. They don't, they don't like finding out until they have to actually do it. Um, and follow us on Twitter at CJH Mitchell and at MattBruni25. We do post-game Twitter shows. Um, I post all my stories on there. I live-tweet games. Um, do a bunch of stuff. So... Feel free to give us a follow and let us know what you think about the show. Give us some questions, feedback, anything is accepted. Nothing on the Twitch chat, Colin. Anything else you would like to say? I'm good. All right. We yeah. don't have Charles Bradley to play us out this time. I know. Feels but it's, bad. Uh, hey, also, uh, we will next week we might have a guest for football or basketball. I don't know which one. Don't hold me to anything. I'm just saying theoretically we might. So mark your calendars. Sunday afternoon. Be there. Y'all have a great week. We'll talk to you later.